So this is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent uh, comes from the Latin word meaning approach or arrival or coming. Um, you know, we're, Christ is coming. Christ is approaching. God is drawing near. When we get the announcement that somebody is coming, uh, we, we tend to wait for them and we tend to prepare for them. You know, that we get the announcement that our granddaughter is coming for Thanksgiving. We, uh, we start to wait for her. We start to prepare. We, we vacuum the floor. We get the house child-proofed. We get everything, you know, that she can reach above her reach. Uh, we blockade the stairs so she can't go up and down the stairs and tumble down the stairs. You know, we, do, we wait. We don't loiter. We don't lollygag. Our waiting is a time of preparation. How do we prepare for the coming of the Lord in Advent? The psalmist begins by saying, To you, O Lord, I lift my spirit. The Middle Eastern posture of prayer was not like this, like I was taught. The Middle Eastern posture of prayer is to lift your hands and lift your, lift your eyes, lift your head, to open yourself up, to be vulnerable. In prayer, one opens oneself to God, to receive God, to receive God's Spirit. You know, when we pray like this, it's kind of a defensive position. But praying like this is waiting on God. This psalm is a prayer. To you, O Lord, I lift my spirit. It's vulnerability and it's humility. I lift my soul. Soul is the word uh, in Hebrew for the wholeness of one's being. It's who one is. It's who we are fully in our relationships. It's what makes us human. The Hebrew word for soul is nephesh. Nephesh means neck. Neck is what connects our head to our body. Neck is what air flows through. It's what blood flows through. Neck is, um, you know, vital to our existence. Without neck, we don't live. Without neck, our head is not connected to our body. We are just an accumulation of organs that don't have life. So soul is that which connects us to God and to other people. Soul is very important to our existence. Soul can be contrasted to self. Self 
is a word of isolation, self-centered. I'm cut off. Self-absorbed, self-righteous. It's all about me. But soul is a word of life. You know, soul is soul food. It's a connection to a culture. Soul music. It's more than me. It connects me to other people. It brings me alive. Soulful expression, soulful eyes. It's the wholeness of who the person is. So when the psalmist says, I lift my soul to you, O God, I'm lifting all that I am, the essence of who I am. I'm lifting my life and all my relationships to you, O Lord. The psalmist goes on to say, O my God, in you I trust. Trust, you know, is fundamental to our existence. Trustworthiness is what we look for in other people. You know, I'm looking for a mechanic that I can trust. Do you know anybody? I'm looking for a car dealer that I can trust. Do you know anybody? I'm looking for a secretary I can trust. Trust is so important to our lives. Can I trust that employee? Can I trust that church member? Can I trust that minister? Can I trust my spouse? Can I trust my children? Can my children trust me? Without trust, we really don't have a relationship. You know, how awful it is not to trust our children. We spend all our time snooping on them. We spend all our energy snooping. How awful it is not to trust our partners. To trust somebody is foundational. You know, it gives us security. It gives us something to launch from the rest of our rest of our life from you know that i can trust susan gives me a wonderful degree of freedom to be who i want to be and to do what i want to do cuz i know i can count on her foundation in my life yeah. so when the psalmist says I trust in you, O oh God. You know, I can turn my soul over to you, God, because I trust in you. Not to harm me, not to hurt me, not to belittle me. Yeah. So in Advent, there's a question of whom can we trust? Whom can we lift our soul to? The next question in Advent is 
For what do we wait? The psalmist says, who we wait on is the Lord. You know, and who we trust in is who we wait on, and who we wait on is who we trust in. But for what are we waiting? The psalmist says, waiting for salvation. Now, salvation, we can be saved from something, or we can be saved to something. The psalmist lists three things that have to do with his salvation. The first is, save me from my enemies. Save me from those who want to put me to shame. Save me from those who tell, my li- tell me my life doesn't matter, doesn't count, that I'm insignificant. Now it's interesting that the psalmist then goes on to the second thing that he wants to be saved for. He says, teach me, Lord, your mercy. Teach me your goodness Teach me your righteousness. If I wanted to be saved from my enemies and those who want to be put, put me to shame, I would want them fa- erased from the face of the earth. I would want them destroyed. I would want them disappeared. Lord, let them have it. Give it to them. Make my life easy. But the psalmist doesn't ask for that. The psalmist asks for mercy and forgiveness and righteousness in order to know how to deal with his enemies. That's really interesting to me. He's asking to change his life so that he can deal with his enemies, that he can relate to them. It isn't so much change my situation as it is Lord, teach me how to deal with my situation. And the third thing the psalmist asks for in salvation is to be saved from the sins of his youth, the transgressions of when he was younger. In verse 15 he says, Lift my feet from the net, basically that holds me down, that holds me back. Give me a fresh start so I'm not burdened by what I did. I'm not burdened by the what if of my life. The psalmist, in his understanding, salvation is a new beginning. Give me a new beginning. And I lift my soul and I trust you, God, to give me a new beginning. To help me branch out and live in my relationships. For us, salvation can take on a variety of definitions and a variety of experiences. In our 12 step program, uh, the class that we had this fall, we talked about recovery as salvation. To recover from my addictions is salvation. 
to recover from addiction to alcohol, to narcotics, to food, to greed, you know, to anger. To recover from those things is salvation. And the thing that we learned was salvation doesn't come all at once. It takes a lifetime to recover, and it takes work to recover, and it takes a community and sponsors to help us to recover. Salvation is something we work at with God's help. Salvation can also be understood in the sense of the word salvage. You know, as we look at the people fleeing the wildfires in California and fleeing the hurricanes and flooding in the south, they're salvaging pieces of their lives. Their lives won't be the same, but they salvage what is important, what gives them meaning, what makes them who they are. Salvage those pieces of my life, Lord, that make me human. We can also talk about salvation in terms of realizing our potential. Lord, free me from how I waste my time and waste my life. Lord, help me lead a full and whole life. We can talk about salvation from, Lord, free me from myself. Free me from the stupid things I do, the things I do that drag me down. We can see salvation in so many ways. The first seven verses of this psalm are very personal. They're very intimate. The psalmist is talking directly to God. To you, O God, I, I lift my soul. In you, O oh God, I trust. Teach me, God, your ways. It's the second person. It's very personal, and it's a prayer. And that's how we pray, you know, personally to God. But then in verse 8, it changes. Where the psalmist isn't talking to God anymore, the psalmist is talking to us. It's no longer, in you I trust God. The psalmist is saying to us, God can be trusted. God is merciful. God is forgiving. God is patient. God is righteous. It's like the psalmist has tried it out, has said, okay, I hear that God can be trusted, so I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God and try what God says. I'm going to try forgiveness. I'm going to try mercy. I'm going to try being patient with my enemies. I'm going to try reaching out to those I don't like. I'm going to try working at the faults in my life. And the psalmist discovers that it works. I tried forgiveness, and let me tell you, 
It worked. I tried being merciful, and you know what? It works. It's like saying, you know, I tried that mechanic, and you know what? She can be trusted. I hired that electrician, and you know what? I'd recommend him. The psalmist has moved from his prayer to actually preaching, to being an evangelist, to telling us the good news that he experienced in trusting God. Evangelism is really one beggar telling another where they found the bread. Yeah. I found somebody I can trust. Let me tell you about God. I found somebody who forgives. Let me tell you about God. I tried it and it works. Now, speaking of bread, we have communion this Sunday. When we begin communion, I say to you, what? The Lord be with you and also with you. And then I say, lift up your hearts. Thank you. Lift up your hearts. In the Middle East, in the first century, it would have been, lift up your souls. Lift up who you are. Come to God with open hands, willing to receive God's breath and God's spirit. in whom we can trust, in whom we can connect, in whom we become human, and in whom we can trust as a springboard to move into life so that we can trust other people. So I've changed it this Sunday. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your souls to God. And that is a great way to begin Advent. To come to God lifting up our souls. Saying we trust in you Lord. And we want to be connected to you. For the sake of our salvation. For the sake of our relationships. May it be so. Amen.